0: Cool. so uh we're good to roll yeah. okay hey everybody how's it going good um can you hear me very well or not so well thumbs up in the back yeah <laughs> thanks yeah double thumbs up Woo-hoo. okay uh <clears throat> quick show of hands um who was here last time i talked talked about the holy spirit it's great who was not here it's okay okay hi my wife is back there too. Chavez was not here last time. Uh, cool. Uh, so tonight's topic, we're going to talk about the power of prayer. Um, we'll talk a little bit about prayer itself, but particularly, um, yeah, particularly, it's it's power. Um, it's uh, you can think of it as its <clears throat> its influence, uh, its ability, um, uh, all sorts of different things. So um, what we'll end up doing is. Um, We'll start with uh, we'll start with a prayer, uh short prayer, and then um, <clears throat> I'm gonna read you guys sort of just a couple um, a, a couple of nibbles just from the Catechism and from some other places uh, of like, yeah, what is prayer? Um, and then we're just gonna go back to um, the book of acts and 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 talk about its, yeah, its power and how we see it in uh, in the very earliest stages of the church. Uh, and if you remember, for you guys who were here last time, we, yeah, we talked about, Yeah, who is the Holy Spirit? Um, And uh, one of the things that that came from that talk was uh, um, the Holy Spirit. In a lot of ways is it's it's how we experience God, particularly through through our very bodies. And so um, we'll be able to draw some connections tonight into. um, Yeah, uh, yeah, how prayer even has it, has an actual impact and influence on on just daily life um, and that. Prayer, its its power can look uh, it can look like a lot of different things. Um, Some sometimes really uh, grandiose, and and a lot of times uh, really stable uh, in different ways. And uh, I'll share some stories, um, some stories about Mm -hmm. um, my experience of just the power of prayer, and some um, other stories, and then. yeah, we'll have a break, of course, and we'll have time for questions. So, you know, last time you guys had super good questions. Whoever asked a question about Joe, that was, that was a good one. are just so many good ones last time. So whether you want to use the anonymous, you know, Q&A or, um, you have, a, have some input, you know, like after the break or at the end, um, I think those are great. So feel free, feel free to ask, um, in, in, in any form. So, um, yeah, let's start, uh, Let's start with a quick prayer, <clears throat> and then at the end of the prayer, um, I'm just going to read from Acts chapter one, um, and that'll be sort of our intro to the power of prayer. It's just getting since it's the scriptures. So that's kind of how we'll finish the prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Come now. Come as you wish. We just thank you for tonight, uh, for. Um, just for everyone here and um, yeah, their openness uh, just to know you more and to receive you more <clears throat> and uh, and ultimately to be in relationship with you more, Lord. To grow in uh, um, a greater holiness, um, just being set apart as a son or a daughter um, and uh, just ask that you would use me as a hollow reed and um, any words that I speak uh, would be uh, those that you wish. Um, yeah, the audience to hear and and to receive, just to stir their hearts, um, yeah, to love you more and to trust you more, and to give their lives over to you um, even more. And uh, we just ask also in a in a special way that you would uh, you would protect us <clears throat> through the intercession of Saint Michael and and our guardian angels, and uh, uh, that we would um, be encouraged to go deeper into prayer uh, and to be moved by prayer and. Um, And just to be open to uh, what it means to pray and and what it means to see um, see the effects of prayer in our own lives. Acts chapter one, verses one to eleven, the promise of the Holy Spirit. In the first book, Theolophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water. But you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. So then when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria. And to the ends of the year. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The word of the Lord. Amen, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, so um, so the power of prayer is the topic. And um yeah, I just want to kind of break down um, break down those two words right off the bat, power and prayer. Um. Uh so um I learned this from Jeff Cavins a long time ago that in in Acts 1 8, which is just a little subsection that we read, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Um that word uh in Greek is dynamus, <clears throat> which in the English we get the word dynamite. Uh, so that's the that's the word power, this um, this, this yeah, this dynamite, right? This um, explosive power, uh, a power that um, has the ability to uh, tear down walls, um, has the ability to do a lot of these different things. Um, but particularly for, yeah, I, we're going to talk about like that, but I also want to just want to touch on sort of the, uh, maybe the non tangible powers or the interior powers that that have an effect on that. Like um, um, <clears throat> a friend of mine, he's a parishioner here. He he tells a story about someone he knew who was a, who was a power lifter and he was competing um, uh, this really heavy. Um, I think it was a deadlift, um, just a really heavy deadlift in power lifting uh, and in his competition he had you know so many attempts to get this lift. His first lift, um, totally botched it, second lift, botched it, third lift, botched it, uh, and um, in the competition, he realized the only real way for him to actually win was not only to do that weight correctly, but to to up the weight by like like 85 more pounds, just like a huge jump in weight, uh, and so what he did is he said, you know what, I'm going to try it anyway, so he threw the weight on, and somehow he he did the weight, and he won the thing. And it was a really cool story. Um, but oftentimes, um, I think the uh, the understanding of power, um, it can uh, it can mean a lot of different things. Um sometimes it can seem like power means the same thing as strength, um, or the ability, you know, like I'm a physical therapist, uh, and you know literally power is like moving something heavy at a certain speed, right? That's kind of Uh, That's the the physical definition of power. But um, there's a much more influential power that um, I want to. I want to just spend a lot more time talking about tonight. And um, that is the words of Jesus. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So this is a particular. um, It's a particular power that's intimately linked with the Holy Spirit. Um, And the Holy Spirit, right? He is this um, right. He's the living experience of God. He's um, he's the anointing of God. Uh, he's sort of this um, experience of God, the relational component of God in a lot of ways. Uh, he's also like our advocate, our counselor. And so, in a lot of ways, we can't really um, we can understand the influence and the power of prayer um, as as we understand. God better, as we understand the Holy Spirit better. Um, And so, yeah, we're going to kind of keep teasing that out. Um, So, like, yeah, that's a little bit about power. Um, And what's what's prayer? Uh, Yeah, yeah, how many we have a lifetime to figure that out? Um, And I only get, I don't know, an hour um, to to tease some of it out. But um, I want to read some things about prayer that the church has to say Um, from the catechism. What some of the saints have to say about prayer. Um, And then what I really want to do is just help marry those two things together um, so we can see maybe how it's influenced in our own lives through uh, our lives, through some of the stories that I'll share with you guys um, and through some other stories as well. So um, uh, these are two of my favorite quotes about prayer. Um, Prayer is nothing other than a longing for God. Prayer is nothing other than a longing for God. Uh, and then another one. This next one's by Saint Therese of Lisieux. She says, "For me, prayer is a surge of the heart. It is a simple look turned toward heaven. It's a cry of recognition and of love, embracing both trial and joy." Um, you know, if I had like a quick show of hands, you know, it's like, why don't you guys give me maybe, uh, I don't know, a sentence or you know, a summary of like, you know, what is prayer, right? I, a, a lot. I think we could. There's just a lot of different things that you might get. Like what's what's the experience of prayer? Um, what do you do in prayer? Uh, does prayer? Um, you know, is is prayer like sitting like this, like kneeling like in the pew uh, is prayer, you know, raising your hands up to God, you know, in in intercession uh, or in you know, imposition or in all these different ways. Um, it looks very different um, in 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 individuals, and you know, it, it's not my role like tonight to to like break down like all the different ways that we can pray um, in this talk. But I, I really want to um, yeah, just talk again about uh, its power. It's uh, maybe a good word might be its influence, um, its ability to create change. Um, that that would be a good description. It's its ability to create change, the power of prayer. Um, so um, so I brought a book because um, I got to give this talk last year and I just shared a lot of stories, um, which are good stories. Uh, but um, I feel like there are a lot of people that talk about um, the power of prayer way better than I could share with you tonight. So I'm gonna actually read you something from this and then I'm gonna pass this book around and you can look at it. I. I think there's some personal notes in here, um, but I don't think anything are, are, are too personal. So um, you can look through it and it's, it's just a really great book about personal prayer. Um, and um, it's probably one of my favorite books uh, ever, um, and particularly on prayer. And so if, um, if you feel like it's a help, uh, it might be a help. So um, the, the part that I want to read though, is how um, uh, it, it's, it's uh, <clears throat> you know, in in summary, uh, it's really easy to feel like we need to distance prayer or spirituality um, from what it means to be human. Um, and when we do that, when we divorce right the spiritual and the human, uh, or the human and the divine, um, a lot of times we run into issues, and mm-hmm. we sort of um, sap prayer of its of its power in a lot of ways. Um, and 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 you guys might even just know from your own experiences some of the you know maybe most memorable. Um, you know, parts of life or, or, or the uh, some really memorable moments, right, where you felt like prayer was really uh, like powerful or had an effect. Um, it usually has to do with something or someone that was in your life. Like last time I was here, one of you guys came and talked to me afterwards about a really beautiful story of an influence of a family member who was really sick, right? And there there is um, like this just beautiful prayer and um, influence of like this interior healing um, that was almost I mean even almost mystical, um, but it had to do with uh, it had to do with the body and the person, uh, and so um, I'm gonna uh, I don't love to just read word for word but uh, this book uh, personal prayer um, the two priests Father Ackland and Father Boniface Hicks uh, they do a good job so um, uh, they talk right in the beginning about praying as human beings, um, which. You know, when you say it out loud, it makes sense. Like, that's what we do, because that's that's what we are. Um, and um, and just see if any of this uh, feels like maybe it sticks a little bit. Um, and then um, hopefully it will put us on a trajectory uh, to, to tease out what the church says about the power of prayer and the effects of prayer. So um, kind of this is what this is what they'll say uh, from the book. The section is called Praying as Human Beings. Um, okay. I went to pray, but nothing happened. I just sat there. After a little while, I started to feel uncomfortable. I wasn't sure what to say. To be honest, I wasn't sure if anyone was listening anyway. I tried to talk to God, but I just heard the echo of my own thoughts. Then some random stuff started to fill my head. I remembered some past experiences and then got a little upset. I got out my rosary to keep myself busy, but as I started through the prayers, I got distracted by someone who walked out of the chapel. Then I was alone and I felt really alone. I started to get bored and my eyes began to close. I started nodding off. Then suddenly I woke up and I got really irritated. This is useless, I thought. I will never be able to pray. So I got up and left. That's a quote they start with. And then this is this is them talking. Such an experience is not uncommon even for someone who's persevered in prayers for many years. Our images of saints in prayer give us the misimpression that those who pray well somehow transcend those experiences. We imagine that experts at prayer look more like angels sitting enraptured without any distractions, focused intently on the Lord while carrying out deep, meaningful conversations with Him. That's so distant from our own experience that it seems there must be a secret technique or that some people must have a special gene that makes them different from everyone else. The bad news is that it's not so easy as finding a secret technique or a magic formula. The good news is that God became man so that each one of us can have a deep, profound union with him in prayer and throughout the rest of our lives, as well as into eternity. We pray as human beings This statement appears obvious, but it appears it points to what can be a stumbling block for us when we try to pray. It seems that a part of being human is to be unable to reach a transcendent, infinite God. Thus, because prayer is communicating with God, we think we must somehow rise above being human in order to pray and reach God. We feel that our humanity is inadequate to get God's attention. In fact, we're often disturbed by our humanity. We use it as an excuse when we say, "I'm only human." We feel weighed down by it. We're embarrassed by who we are, and they go on and on. Um, they talk about <clears throat> um, how our distractions tend to—they bother, they bother us—that we're distracted. These like little things. Um, I should, you know, like I should be able to do this thing and that thing when I pray, um, and uh, the fact that um, also um, we're sinners, right? So. Uh, it can feel like to pray, um, we have to have all of our stuff together, really. Um, and that's, they'll they'll continue to go on to say, you know, when we think about the messiness of our humanity, we don't only feel inadequate to inner relationship with God, but we also might even feel inadequate to inner relationship with even a highly regarded human person, um, much, much more than beyond God, like You know, it's like uh, if you ever had the experience of, you know, interviewing for a job or uh, meeting with someone really important. You know, you want to put your best self forward, Um, and a lot of times we get really honed in to think that um, that's sort of the presentation we need to have to enter into prayer. Um, And this is kind of the last part that I read from the books. Um, Our humanity, which seems to be the primary stumbling block to prayer is in fact. What makes prayer possible? And even makes prayer such an amazing gift. God condescends to enter into the very depths of our humanity. In doing so, he also divinizes us and makes us one with himself insofar as we let him. This process of divinization does not destroy our humanity or replace it. God grace builds on nature. It purifies, strengthens, elevates, and ennobles all that is authentically human. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so this book's thick and it's a lot like that. It's very insightful um, in a lot of different ways, in many, many ways, um, but um, I, I like reading that because um, I think they do a really good job of elaborating on on that reality. <clears throat> um, uh, and um, as we'll kind of find, um, as we sit in some of the scriptures and go through what the church has to say about prayer and its its effectiveness, its power, um, a lot of that um, really hinges on um, us just giving of ourselves fully in prayer to a loving Father. Um, so uh, we need not uh, we need not be afraid when we pray. Uh, we need not think that you know we have to do things a particular way especially in personal prayer, uh, in order, you know, for our prayers to be heard. Um, and sometimes the, you know, the best prayers uh, are, uh, and the most powerful prayers are the ones that um, we just have to, we just sort of have to step out on the water and trust um, without really the the freedom to think about how we look or to how we're saying it. Um, and like Therese of Lisieux says, in a, a surge of the heart, it's a simple look toward heaven it's a cry of recognition of love, embracing both trial and joy. Um, so um, the power of prayer, like that's what we see uh, in the very beginning of Acts, uh, in the very first parts of the church. You know, Christ tells tells his his apostles this, right? Um, to wait for what? the promise of the Father. So it's the like the Holy Spirit uh, and this power, is a promise that was given to us by our Father, and Jesus will say, "Right, you will be baptized. John baptized with water. You'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit." And in a lot of ways, what He's saying is um, just a- allowing God to like live in you, um, and that is going to give you the ability to to relate to God and to speak to God, um, and that can look a lot of different ways. But it just involves this self gift to God in different ways. Um, Yeah, so um, so this is from the catechism. Um, This is from the catechism. uh, Paragraph 2598. The drama of prayer is fully revealed to us in the word who became flesh and dwells among us. To seek to understand his prayer through what his witnesses proclaim to us in the gospel is to approach the Holy Lord Jesus as Moses approached the burning bush. First, to contemplate him in prayer, then to hear how he teaches us in order to know how he hears our prayer. Paragraph 2652. The Holy Spirit is the living water welling up to eternal life in the heart that prays. It is he who teaches us to accept it as its source, Christ. Indeed, the Christian life, in the Christian life, there are several wellsprings where Christ awaits us to enable the drink of the Holy Spirit. Um, have you ever had the experience, and this is kind of what the church is trying to, to hone into, where you've been, like, really, really, really thirsty, um, and you finally got a drink, like a good drink. Um, like, even that, um, I think of, like, um, uh, two days in high school football, which were the worst. They were the worst. Um, especially days like when it would rain the night before and it would be really humid. And I remember like, um, yeah, I just remember being so thirsty that um, it it was like no food, no food would satisfy. Um, I did at the time, you know, as like a 16, 17, 18 year old kid. I liked soda at the time, which I think is gross now. Um, But like, yeah, no soda, that sounded just disgusting. Um, like nothing sounded good except for this, uh, fountain of living water. It's felt like, um, but it's, uh, a <clears throat> water itself. It's like so regenerating. And the church is kind of telling us here that, right. The Holy spirit is the living water willing up to eternal life in the heart that prays. Um, and yeah, what does that mean? Like, I just would keep kind of pressing into it, it means like to allow yourself to pray as a human being, right? to allow yourself. To like not try and divorce the things that you're experiencing, like even in your person with the things that you're trying to understand about God. A lot of times, um, God's allowing those things like so that we can communicate with Him. And and, and in that, that's where we'll be regenerated. We'll obtain like this power, um, this influence of prayer because um, we'll be regenerated. And that's going to have an influence on those people that we pray for, um, those people that like see our lives as we're transformed by prayer. Um, you know, and, uh, I think it was Mother Teresa, right? She would say, um, you know, prayer doesn't change God, um, but it changes us, right? And uh, in a lot of ways, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of where we see the power of prayer. It's, it's like all these things that God can already do, but it's sort of our receptivity, uh, to either asking or seeing them, you know, in, in real time and real action. So I'll read one more thing from, uh, Uh, From prayer, uh, from the Catechism, and um, yeah, we'll talk maybe about a couple different stories before uh, Mm -hmm. the first break. And I kind of forgot, Mark. Is it seven thirty s the end time? Yeah. Okay. Nine o'clock is the end time. Is that? Just kidding. Ten o'clock for the. Yeah, yeah, right. We've got. I brought my kids here, so we got to get back home. Cool. Thanks. Uh, yeah, the last last section, uh, I'll read from the Catechism. Um, Prayer is the life of the new heart. It ought to animate us at every moment, but we tend to forget him who is our life and our all. This is why the fathers of the spiritual life and the Deuteronomic and prophetic traditions insist that prayer is a remembrance of God, often awakened by the memory of the heart. We must remember God more often than we draw breath, but we cannot pray at all times. If we do not pray at specific times, consciously willing it. These are special times of Christian prayer, prayer, both in intensity and duration. Um, This is gonna sound super nerdy, but when I read that I literally think about how I orchestrate rehab plans for patients and therapy. I hear words about things like if we it's, you could take the words like, but we cannot move at all times if we do not move at specific times consciously willing it, or do our home program, or whatever. There are special times of <clears throat> movement and rehab, like both in intensity and duration. Um, so I'm nerding out, but um, similar to like just all the things that are physical that we start with habits. Prayer is the same thing. Uh, you know, it's like uh, maybe just the rosary for as one example. Like if if we want to enter into the the mysteries, the beauty of the rosary. Um, uh, you know, we have to at least be able to start by getting into routine of it. You know, and and as we spend time in it, you know, usually like we're not going to experience like it commonly some of the best things about it, you know, until we we feel like like it's become a routine. Um, and and that's like one example. It could be like um, <clears throat> uh, taking uh, like um, has anyone ever heard of uh, the heroic minute by Jose Maria Escrivá? No one. Yeah, OK, this is um, it's great and it's awful at the same time. So he talks about the heroic minute, which is that first minute. Right when you wake up, right when you hear the alarm or right when your kids wake you up um, or right, you know, whenever it is in the morning, um, he calls it the heroic minute because it's the opportunity immediately upon waking and being you know kind of conscious where we can offer, just offer up like everything God we can. You know, we can get on our knees or we can make the sign of the cross or we can just. um, You know, we can offer like the whole day to God in a time where it's very easy to like push the alarm and like roll over, which I do a lot. My wife is no nodding her head back there um, uh, or uh, all sorts of opportunities of heroism that can become habitual. So that's why moms are so holy, because it's a forced habit with kids to go help, to go serve, right? Um, It's beautiful. So um, the beauty in experiencing the power of prayer is not, it's not dissimilar to, um, you know, an athlete who spends so much time out of season, right? Training, lifting weights, doing these things to 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 become stronger or better in a particular skill, so that when the time comes, um, they can do something, do something great, like do something um, beautiful, do something you know effective, something extraordinary. Um, and uh, and prayer is like that, but but way better, like way more influential, way more enjoyable, because it has an impact not only like. On like our work that we do Um, it doesn't have only an influence on like sports that we like it doesn't only have an influence on our family or our parish but it actually has a transformative experience of our own souls that make us make us capable of of being with God in heaven which is crazy Uh, and 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 liking it like like enjoying it too um, so it it has the the power, like the effectiveness um, to make everything beautiful and good. Um, that's part of its power. Um, so here's maybe just a couple of stories that I'll share. Um, a couple of stories and and then maybe we'll take a short break after that uh, and um and we'll spend some time, yeah, kind of kind of keep digging into that. So, um, I think from like, we think of like the the dynamo of prayer. Here's maybe a few stories that I would share, um, and maybe they'll just kind of stir some thoughts, you know, of of experiences that uh, maybe people that you know or your own experience of prayer. Um, and and these would be a lot more um, less grandiose, maybe. Um, but um, I had a friend um, who um, he was at a we we were at a silent retreat about two years ago. And um, he. um, He he kind of had a real aversion to intimacy uh, with in prayer, Uh, and so his experience on this retreat uh, was uh, for him, he said it was absolutely life changing and and I don't need to share details, you know, uh, for the sake of time more than anything, but um, his experience was. Um, really allowing um, the time and space to listen to God and not just push away like the thoughts that sound like, well, that's just weird. I'm not gonna like, I don't even want to think about that or uh, that. No, like that doesn't. And I don't want to do that. What he what he made himself, you know, in the time of retreat was he just made himself like receptive. He made himself like like Marion. He made himself like Jesus on the cross, like open. Um, and through the time of even just like a couple of days on this three-day silent retreat, um, his experience of um, of healing and just like it was literally silent prayer, like you know he was alone with God. Um, <clears throat> he says, "We're one of the most, um, yeah, influential and healing moments of prayer in his whole life that allowed him like a way of um, of, of trusting God um, mm-hmm. in ways that he never could before." Um, and they really just all started uh, with him essentially like acknowledging, yeah, what what is like, where did that co- thought come from? Or like, what does that mean? Or that's that's kind of that's kind of unusual. Um, uh, and um, and just being open, like just being open to those things. Um, another uh, another one is, is a story about me. Um, it was uh, also another silent retreat and we won't be telling silent retreat stories all night. Because you can pray out of a Saturday retreat, but last year I was on a Saturday retreat uh, and um, it was horrible. Um, I I, uh, I went on. Um, I don't know if anyone has ever been to the cloisters on the Platte, um, but um, yeah, I, I I go. I've gone for three years, and uh, last year I went. And it starts on a Thursday night, and um, and then it really goes like all day Friday, all day Saturday, and half a day Sunday, and so like half a day Thursday. So three three kind of total days. Uh, And in the middle of the night of the first night, before really anything got started, I woke up in the middle of the night and I felt like really, really, really sick, Um, like really sick. Um, The kind of sickness where you can't keep anything down and nothing stays in and you don't want to move. And it was I don't know. I don't remember ever feeling so terrible. So by by God's grace, in the middle of the night, one of my first thoughts, I think because I was like in a retreat center was, well, this must mean something, God, like I'm on retreat. So I, I like, let me just receive you. Uh, <clears throat> and um, I had so little energy to do anything. Really all that I could do was to get up, walk to the talks, which I made, I think half of them, and I could sit down for about five minutes of the meals and like look at the food before I went to go like blow chunks in the bathroom, and um, and I made it to mass, and that was that was it. The only other things I could do, I was even too tired to like hold a pen and like write on paper. I don't remember being that sick, and I, I I'm not sharing sure that to say like wow like look how sick I was like. But um, my experience <clears throat> of that was um, I wasn't able to do. To, to 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 like do something for God even in a retreat like I could give God like my intellect or 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 like try and come up with like something that would be satisfying to share after the retreat like I couldn't I couldn't do any of that um, <clears throat> and what came like the power of the prayer of the retreat um the power that came from it was um there was an um if we want to use like the dynamite analogy. God was able to use the power of prayer to, like, to break down the walls, like, that I had in my heart thinking, like, like, God really won't love me. Like, he really won't unless I can prove myself to him. And for me, that goes really, really deep. Um, And I know it's a common thread, you know, in humanity that, you know, we have to prove ourselves. Like, we have to prove ourselves or, like, we'll be rejected. God doesn't work that way, um, and that's the power <clears throat> that I, I just really want to, like, press into um, after our break, um, and we'll talk about, uh, again, a little bit about praying as human beings, about desire, um, and I'll share just a handful of um, maybe some, um, maybe more, more grandiose stories and some other stories, um, but really just trying to draw it back to, um, yeah, draw it back to the Holy Spirit in prayer, so, um, Yeah, maybe we'll take what is it about a five minute break? Um, Sure, Okay, we'll take about a five or 10 minute break and then I'll pop back up here and and, um, we'll finish up, so.